This is a commune podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Untypical Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week we're going to be talking to Scott Wheelett from Blue Mountain Bigfoot Research. He talks to us about how he's dedicated a part of his life to tracking down Bigfoot. He also tells us his story of how he first came in contact with Bigfoot and we discuss the implications of what it would mean to the world if Bigfoot's existence was confirmed and the toll that that would take on the general public. I I decided to do this episode because uh I was watching this documentary or uh, okay fine it wasn't a documentary it was a show. Okay fine it wasn't a show it was an animated series. or uh, some some may refer to it as a cartoon and uh, it had a bigfoot character in it and that intrigued me so i went down this whole youtube spiral of you know bigfoot research and i found a couple of pictures and stuff and then i thought that somebody had to take this picture so you know might as well talk to someone who has and then i found scott so without any further ado let's uh, give him a call and hear what he has to say so thank you so much for agreeing to do this So let's just kick things off right away. Could you just tell me a little bit about what your organization is and what work you guys do exactly? Um our our organization is uh Squatch America and what we do is we research the phenomenon of Bigfoot in the United States. And primarily uh we travel full time. and follow reports that we get from people from our website and we do a lot of interviews and actually in the woods type research uh wherever there's like hot spots i would have to say um anywhere in the united states so how long have you been doing this for exactly um i've been doing this for 25 years what really got me into it is uh I'm an anthropologist and my expertise was in Native American culture and spending years working with Native Amer- Native American tribes here in the United States I started running across a lot of Bigfoot legends that go back not just hundreds but thousands of years here in America in the Native American culture and they have pictographs and petroglyphs uh of these creatures and i have we have found over 175 different names for these creatures from different tribes and uh so i always you know i always had the feeling that if there's a legend out there there's some basis in fact to every legend so i started looking into it further and started uh studying the uh footprint casts uh that people have found a uh, footprints you know through the years and notice that there's actually some kind of uh anatomical correctness to these and i could tell and i started learning to tell the difference between the ones where people fake them and the real ones and um so it went from being a belief you know like do i believe bigfoot exists no i don't um I, I've studied the evidence and found it credible. So um I kind of switched gears uh quite a few years ago and started looking into this phenomenon as not uh just a cultural belief but an actual fact. 
So, uh, so you so you mentioned Native Americans, right? And you mentioned that you kind of this this legend per se of Bigfoot has come from their lore and their stories and stuff like that. So, how far back do you think you know this Bigfoot legend goes? When do you think the first, when were the first sightings of Bigfoot exactly? Well, according to a lot of the many Native American legends, um, I think the oldest pictograph that we have found. Uh, dates back about 1,500 years, about 1,500 years ago. So that's as far back as we can go with that. So what exactly is Bigfoot? Is is he just a primate? Is he just like a large monkey? What what exactly is Bigfoot? There's a, actually a couple schools of thought on this um, in the anthropological world. Um, one, there is a uh, basically an eight-foot-tall, upright, walking primate. Uh, that we do have uh, fossils for that's about they found and they estimate that to be the fossils about 10,000 years ago and they were found in China which coincides with human fossil finds in China and back about when the ice age happened and they had the land bridge between China and America and when the humans migrated from China into America and became the Native Americans, these fossils were found in the same place at the same time. So these creatures could have migrated. As, the creatures are called Giganto, Gigantopithecus, and there's a couple versions of them they found. But they were in the right place at the right time in the right area to migrate to the United States when the humans did. Um and as far as what they are, um, they are a primate, of course, because due to descriptions, photographs, and videos we've seen over the years, they have five fingers and five toes, and they walk upright. They're bipedal, uh, so that could suggest that they are they are not a primate ape, but more like a primate hominid. So they could be an a type of human that just hasn't been classified yet. So, you know, at any given time in human history, there's been three to four types of humans living together at the same time, like Neanderthal man and Homo sapiens lived together in Europe. And we know that uh, Neanderthal did not go extinct because their DNA is in a lot of European um, genetics today. So we actually bred them out. There's been up to five different species living together with us on this planet at the same time. So Bigfoot could be another hominid species that has just evolved with us and is still alive today. Okay, so I mean, from what you've told me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it's it's a fact that Bigfoot exists, right? It's it's a thing. It's it's not he's not a mythical creature or anything like that, or legend or or lore or anything like that. It's a fact that that Bigfoot exists. And uh, yes. So so how do you think? Why do you think it became such a mythical, you know, such a thing of stories, you know, to to be precise? Why why do you think that something that should, is so, so much of a fact would become something that's so much of a lore or a story or something you would tell kids? Okay. Um. Well. What I think is, is one, they have a very small population, so there's not as many of them as, you know, say us, but 
they're very elusive. They tend to shy away from humans, especially. And I, and I think that's something they have learned over the years uh, to do. So they're very, very elusive mm-hmm. to the fact that um, they're not seen enough or, I mean, the evidence is out there. Mm-hmm. You know, because we got footprints, we we do get pictures, we do get videos, we do get, um, we have footprint casts, uh, we have hair samples. There's a hundred and uh, some odd, or a little over a hundred uh, samples of DNA that's been tested that comes up that match each other. That comes up as an unknown primate that don't match any other uh, species on the planet. But I think they're kept in lore so much as it's, I don't want to say it's almost political to the fact it's like, what if we discovered that there is another human species on the planet? So like a governmental kind of thing? Do you think it's a government kind of thing? Mm -hmm. It could possibly be that, um, mainly because there's a whole lot of implications to, you know, if you discover another human species... I mean, what kind of rights do they have? Do we have to close the forests off and, and let them have their land? And, you know, that whole thing could uh, cause a lot of political uproar mm-hmm. um, as well as, you know, religious uproar, too, you know. No, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I could Def- see I could see why this would cause, you know, mass panic to find out now. After we've been Homo sapiens for this long, to know that there's another human species living with us, I, I could see why that cause panic. So, what exactly makes a uh, Bigfoot, you know, as elusive as you know he is right now? What, what? I mean, I'm. I, I keep saying he. What, what do you? What do I refer to? It? Do I say it? I don't. Or I don't. Know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what exactly there, makes it so elusive? There, yeah. there are species. I mean, there's more than one. There's, you know, thousands. Um, and they are seen all over the United States, about everywhere that people see uh, the habitat of, like, say, a black bear. The Bigfoot is seen in those habitats. So um, we uh, – I think that it's because of their intelligence. I think they're – they're fairly intelligent creatures. I mean, they're at least, you know, chimpanzee intelligent as, so they're smart enough. I don't think they're smart enough to make tools, but they're smart enough to use tools like rocks and sticks and things like that as tools. Um, so I think they're smart enough to avoid us and, and they know their habitat. The forest is their home and, uh, and not typically ours. So when we're in their their home, they know how to avoid us. They know. I hear stories from people all the time who have seen them, and they say they they disappear. Well, you know they'll turn and walk away and then vanish, um, because one they're eight feet tall on average. Um, they have a six foot stride length. You know three steps. You know, they can go 18 feet. That's a long ways, you know, and they're incredibly fast. Um, so I and I've heard stories of people saying that they they have seen them walk into the trees and then stop and let you and try to let you walk by them. So they'll just freeze in place so you don't see them, you know, like behind a tree or behind a bush and let you pass by looking for them and you'll just walk right by them. Um 
So the, I think they've learned tactics over the years how to avoid us because, you know, we're probably the apex predator on the planet. So um, we were something that they need to avoid. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that they avoid us immensely. And, and another thing, if they have in their habitat, like one of my research areas was in Oregon, is in the Blue Mountains of Oregon. And there's uh, 27,000 square miles of forest there that are not ha inhabited by humans at all. I mean, people go in there, they hunt, they camp, you know, they go fishing in those areas. But there's 27,000 square miles. And if there's 20 Bigfoot in 27,000 miles, it, um, it'd be almost winning the lottery to be able to be in the same place at the same time with one of the creatures, if you see what I mean there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so uh, why, why do you think there's such a small number of them, though? If they were primates, they would kind of breed and reproduce like primates as well, right? Why do you think there's such a small number of them? Why have they limited themselves to such a small population? I think that's just... Because uh, there's nobody hunting them, right, I assume? Because like, we aren't, and no, we would be no. their natural predators. Right, right. And I, I assume, you know, they do get killed in the woods. I mean, there's other predators. You know, there are cougars and bears and things here in America um, that could hunt them, which may keep the population down a little bit. Or they, they just kind of like naturally, because of the areas they're in, I don't think they – if if well if they're a large primate they probably have the same or close to the same genetics we do where they're yeah. they only produce one child you know yeah possibly a year and then they may not um you know breed until that child is old enough you know so um they're not producing like deer where they have you know twins quite often or you yeah. know yeah or three but, times I mean, a year. So yeah. They're only breeding like once every three or four years. So I don't think, um, and they're probably susceptible, uh, susceptible to disease and things like that. So I think they just, it's just a natural thing that their populations aren't that. Yeah. Cause I mean, considering that you, you mentioned that, you know, the first sighting of them dates back to quite some time ago. So like, you know, in that span of time that you would expect that, you would expect them to kind of, you would expect the population at least to go past 20,000 at a particular point of time. You would, you would expect that over time, the population would increase as humans have and as other animals have that don't get hunted. So, right. I mean, yeah, I, I guess naturally it would make sense. Maybe, I, 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 am I wrong in, in thinking this way? No, no, I think they would. And I, and I, I do think that they probably are increasing actually. Um, I think there's more sightings today uh, than there was 20, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and that could be the fact that, you know, information gets around a lot faster today than it did before. But um, that could account for some of it. But we get about 120 reports a month uh, from people um, mm -hmm. all over the United States. So people do see these things all the time. The fact is, Rarely do people uh, 
report it one because they get shunned for doing so or you know mm-hmm. oh you're crazy you did not see a bigfoot they they don't exist kind yeah. of thing or so they're embarrassed to report it or you know or when they do report it people don't believe them but like i said we get 120 reports a month um probably 70% of them i consider credible um so so what would you consider to be a credible source what, what at what point at what point of time would you look at you know some a report and be like okay yeah this is this makes sense we should probably go investigate this okay um there are some telltale markers that are constant in reports like there's a report that the way they smell which they it's reported that they smell really bad and uh, i've smelt that smell myself um they talk about how they move um what their face looks like uh, you know characteristics that match between reports um when the characteristics of the report get way out of hand, you know, that's the one I can say, well, that's probably not so credible, you know, or, you know, but there are some certain characteristics in the reports that match other characteristics that we heard from other reports. And those are the ones that I, I consider more credible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then there's some reports that just get completely outlandish, you know, like, yeah, they have, you know, Bigfoot had really dirty jeans on, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. so it's probably just a homeless man you saw in the woods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, can, can you, could you just walk me through, you mentioned that you've also smelled, you know, the, 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 the characteristic smell that you were talking about. So I'm assuming that you've seen Bigfoot. Could you just walk me through what that, what that was like and how you actually managed to see Bigfoot? Okay. Um, how I managed to see it is what we do is we put up a website and on our website people can submit reports and when i get um several reports in certain areas um that kind of clues us in that that's where these creatures are at this time so that's when we try to hit that area and spend a lot of time in the woods um so there was a particular time, this was two years ago, um, that we we actually received five reports in the same week from people who didn't know each other in the same area. So we spent a lot of time in that area, like a week and a half um, in the woods. So that just by chance, that put us in the right place at the right time. Um, I was hiking along a trail um, in the mountains. And we smelt that smell. I'd never smelt it before. I've heard reports, you know, and it and it kind of smells like a wet dog and and a garbage dump mixed together. It's it's mm-hmm. pre- pretty pungent. So I smelt that smell, and you know, having heard the reports, I go, "That's got to be what they talk about." Um, so. Uh, the guy I was with at the time, I, I told him, let's just keep hiking the trail because it had been raining. And we thought, well, maybe this thing will follow us and we'll be able to get footprints, you know, muddy footprints in the trail behind us if it crosses the trail or whatever. Because um, I knew we'd have little to no chance of actually seeing it. Um, so we kept hiking and the smell went away. And I said, well, 
it's not following us. So we turned around and went back down the trail and the smell came back. And then off to our left down a steep bank, I we heard kind of a, a muffled kind of a huff and <laughs> sound almost primate like and uh, like a warning call, you know, like stay away from me kind of thing. Um, so we stopped and we started scanning down the hill through the trees and was trying to locate this thing because we knew we heard it and we knew it wasn't too far away. Um, so I made, I tried to mimic that sound and kind of growl back at it. And then it growled back at me and we were able to see where it was. It was in this little opening about 200 feet away from us, uh, rocking his head, kind of moving his body to left and right, rocking back and forth. And I know that animals do that to try to gauge your distance. It's kind of a, you know, a way to hone in on, on, on you by shifting your head back and forth. You can gauge distance. Yeah. Um, so it was doing that, looking at us, and uh, we started snapping pictures. My, of course, I got the blurry picture because uh, my camera kept trying to focus on the brush in front of it, not the creature behind the brush. Um, <clears throat> So uh, then we heard this whistle off in the woods further down the canyon from where we were, and this creature turned and walked towards that whistle. And it was kind of a weird whistle. It was almost like a human whistle, but it was like way higher pitched than I think a human could do. And and it didn't sound like it came from lip, the lips. It sounded more vocal, you know, a really high-pitched you know, squeak almost. So – we stayed there for a minute and and listened as this creature walked through the woods trying to figure out which direction it was going and uh after a while all the sounds went away and the smell went away so we went down off the hill to where this creature was standing and we found three uh 15 inch footprints with three nine inch footprints next to them uh so the creature that we saw after you know measuring every the distance and shooting lasers through trees trying to figure out where, where this head was you know that we were looking at um we determined that it was like six feet tall so that must have been a juvenile and the whistle we heard must have been an adult you know basically telling the, the kid to come on let's get out of here kind of thing um so we found the adult footprints and the juvenile footprints you know, and that was another piece of verification with our photo that we said, hey, here's the footprints, here's the picture, uh, and our eyewitness accounts. So that was the first one and the only one I've ever seen after what, doing this. What, what, did it, what did it look like exactly? Does it look like what we've seen in, you know, the other pictures and stuff? Um, yeah, it does. It, they have a very almost human-like uh, face. Um what kind of what kind of gives me the idea and and bolsters my theory that they're a, a primate hominid as a, opposed to a primate ape is they walk upright like we do, but they have uh, a very broad uh, jaw structure like humans do, and they have small canine teeth. I mean, primates, apes have you know long canine teeth, um, and 
these tend to it looks to me as though they have very small canine teeth like humans do so they're more have more human features in their face than um than i would say primate ape features um their nose looks more like ours um and they have a very thick brow ridge you know um uh, kind of like you know the neanderthal type man yeah but they're i think they have very human features. In fact, a lot of reports you get from people state that that they they don't like some hunters you know, who saw them in the woods said I I didn't want to try to shoot it because it looked like a person and I didn't want to kill a person, you know, if it was, you know. So they have, they have a very human like features in their face, but so, they're so hairy. I mean, uh, considering that. You get a bunch of reports and stuff from people who've seen Bigfoot. Why do you think there aren't any like, you know, considering we have 4K cameras and HD stuff right now, why do you think there aren't like 4K pictures of of Bigfoot? I think we do have some actually. I've seen some really good ones um, on the internet. Uh, actually, um, there was a really good trail picture taken a few years ago of the back of one, and of course we've got. Uh, a film that was taken in 1967 on eight millimeter video film, you know. Yeah, I think we, I think that's that's like the famous picture, right, of him walking yeah, the in the. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been digitized and enhanced and looks really good. Um, but I think the problem with photographs, in especially this day and age, um, even if you do have a crystal clear 4K photo of a Bigfoot. And you show it to someone, the first thing they say is, that's Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think a photograph is actually going to help our cause at all um, <laughs> in this day and age, unfortunately. Um, a really good photograph isn't going to prove anything to anyone. Um, so what do you think I, will, though? What, what do you think will finally convince people that, hey, this Bigfoot exists? A type specimen. Uh, unfortunately, uh, probably a dead body on a slab somewhere that we can dissect. Yeah. And, um, I think that's, and even in that case, we'd have to take it from university to university and, you know, rub guys' nose in it and say, look, yeah. there it is. You know, um, I, I think that's probably the only thing we're going to be able to do that. And it's mm -hmm. going to be very hard to, I think, ever get one. Um, because we have found, though we found the fossil evidence of Gigantopithecus, which is 10,000 years old, we've only found a jawbone and a few teeth of that creature. Um, and I think due to where these creatures are, um, I, I, it'll be virtually impossible to find like a, a dead body or uh, any type of fossilized uh bones or anything because of where they their habitat one is they stay in mostly the rainforests um which are very moist and bones don't last there um in fact the places where we think bigfoot inhabits are the same places black bears inhabit and we've never found the carcass of a dead black bear in the woods um 
that mm-hmm. died of natural causes other than hunters, you know. But we've never found the carcass of a black bear. And if these creatures are intelligent enough to bury their dead, we're not going to find that either. We're literally going to have to find one of these creatures and try to capture it somehow or uh, kill it, which I wouldn't want to do. Um, I'm not an advocate to uh, killing one at all. But um, so it's going to be a really hard thing to do to prove this to the world mm-hmm. and i have enough proof just in the in the footprint casts yeah so i mean uh, so you said that the footprints you found wouldn't match any other animal primate or anything right 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 so and they have so uh, what do people say when you show them that that evidence because there's nothing you can say about it right what what can you you can't refute it because it's there it's a fact right um well, most people, when they see the footprint cast, um, if if they take time to think about it, um, that, like this is what kind of convinced me too, is looking at these footprint casts, is there's a certain anatomy to them. I mean, you can draw the bone structure out in these things. Um, they they uh, they have what they call a mid tarsal break, so the foot bends in the middle, um, much like primate apes do. Um, in fact, our human foot would bend in the middle if we didn't have an arch in it. Um, they have, uh, you know, we have footprint casts that actually have uh, dermal ridges in them, like the, the your fingerprints and the toes. Um, and we've had those checked out by police fingerprint experts, and they come up as, uh, and they don't match any human fingerprint patterns. And they don't match any primate fingerprint patterns. They're a unique fingerprint pattern in them. So I think if you take time, and a lot of people have, um, like in some of the lectures and stuff I do, take time to look at the evidence, um, they seem to walk away a little more uh, convinced that this is a real thing as opposed to just a legend. At this point, we're going to take a short break and talk about my favorite podcasting app, Anchor. My name is Vishakin Pillai, and I am the host of the Untypical Podcast. And if you ever wanted to start your own podcast, you might think you need all sorts of equipment to set it up. It turns out all you need is Anchor. Anchor is an all-in-one free tool from Spotify that lets you create your own podcast and get it heard everywhere. With Anchor, you can record, edit, and be heard on all listening platforms. It all works right from your web browser or from your Anchor mobile app. And best of all, it's totally free. Make your podcast with Anchor today by going to anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm. So do you think people just, you know, kind of don't want to believe that Bigfoot exists? Or is this some sort of, you know, conditioning that they've gone through that like, you know, okay, Bigfoot's a myth. You'd be crazy to think that he exists. So it's just easier not to. Uh, It's probably easier not to. I mean, there's a, um, I, you'd be surprised how many people believe that these things do exist. Um, I, uh, when I first got into this, you know, I thought that, uh, there was few and far between that I'd run into people that believe in these things or 
or feel that they exist or a possibility that they exist. But um, about five years ago is when we really uh, started doing this full time and uh, really getting into it. And we, st we started the website and the Facebook page and we have logos on our vehicle and, and, and we tried to make it safer for people to talk to us, you know, because I get the people who walk up and they're like, uh, so you really believe in Bigfoot? I go, yeah, yeah, I do. In fact, I don't believe in it. I know they exist. And and they'll 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 look at me and they go, well, five years ago, this is what I saw, you know. So they feel a little more comfortable <laughs> conversing with me. And like I said, we literally get thousands of reports uh, from people. So there's a, a lot more people see these things than uh, – I think what is advertised in the world today. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, so there's a, so I, I think there's a lot more people that believe than, than, than we realize out there in the world. So, uh, what, what do you think? I, I'm not sure if, if you would, you know, if this would even be known, but what, what does Bigfoot eat? Do you think he eats smaller animals or is he like, does he eat leaves and stuff or? Uh, I think they're they're omnivorous like we are. Um, oh. Actually, we get reports. In fact, I have actually um, found evidence of them killing deer. Uh, there's 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 a myriad of reports of people seeing them uh, kill deer. Uh, there's actually a video um, on the internet. You can probably look it up. It was uh, taken in Georgia. Um, or a guy videotaped a Bigfoot holding a deer's head down in a pond, drowning it. Um, uh, I so, had, so, so you think they haven't reached the, the the process of making tools yet? They're still they're still behind that, or they're still yeah. I, I still they, like I said. I think they use tools, like they use sticks and rocks, yeah. and and you know to crack shells open and, and, you know, sticks to probably stab things with or beat things with. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I don't think they're uh, tool making, like they can't make arrowheads and they can't do yeah. things like yet. Um, but it's like, it's just like, you know, homo sapiens, us, you know, there was a time in, in our, you know, in our predecessors, didn't use tools uh, or didn't know how to use tools. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what got us to where we are is we were scavengers, you know, you know, millions of years ago, you know, a million years yeah. ago, we were scavengers and uh, being as weak as we are compared to other scavengers or other creatures, like, you know, we can't take down, barehanded can't take down a lion right um we we the only thing was left for us when we were scavenging like other animal other animal kills were basically the bones and the marrow but that's what got us where we are because marrow is one of the highest protein valued items on the planet the more protein we ate bigger as our brains got yeah. so so we became more and more intelligent as we ate more and more protein um so i think bigfoot's getting there um we know they killed there um 
like I said, we we actually found evidence. I mean, um, I had a lady come to me. Um, this is three years ago, um, up in the northwest in Oregon, and um, they have. She had found a deer in a tree. So we went and uh, investigated it. We found a a deer laying across two limbs, eight feet up a tree. Now, people say that mountain lions, cougars, will drag their kills up trees, which is um, a possibility, of course. But this deer had no puncture wounds in it. It the only thing we found that could that killed that deer was a broken neck. So something ran it down, broke its neck, and stuck it in a tree, eight feet in the air, across mm -hmm. two limbs. So, yeah, I think, I think uh, Bigfoot killed it and and put it there, um, and then then the humans came along and it had to abandon it. Yeah. So, how much do we know about uh, you know Bigfoot exactly? Like, do, do we know whether they hunt in packs or do we know when they, their children kind of leave home per se, or do do we know all of this stuff about them, or is it still in the initial stages of we're trying to find one first? Well, I think over the years, it's been people just trying to prove they exist. Um, I think our organization just last year is when we decided to change gears. Um, I think we're one of the few, if not the only organization right now, which is our me being a cultural anthropologist, you know, because mm -hmm. I studied Native American culture is that's what I'm trying to discover right now is the culture of the Bigfoot. Um, you know, what are their habits? What are their family structure? You know, all this stuff. And I, and I think we can, we can do this just through reports of what people say they see um, yeah. out in the woods. So about a year ago, we started this campaign about, um, with the website and the report page where people can submit reports to us and we're going to take all this information and um, compile it to see if we can start putting together, you know, the family structure, the eating habits, the child rearing, all this stuff, um, just through eyewitness reports. Mm -hmm. So how, how long do you think this would take? Is it just indefinite? You just you don't know when this would end? Or I don't know what it's going to but yeah, it's going to take it's going to take a few years. I'm I'm sure, uh, you know. And, and of course, the more, happen, the more right? information we get, yeah. what's that? I'm sorry, uh, you know, you you were saying something. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Oh, I was going to say the more information we get, of course, the the more accurate our data is going to be. Yeah. So it's going to take a few years uh, to collect all the all the reports and information. I mean, there's, there's, you know, thousands and thousands of reports out there already that are on uh, different websites. And, and there's, you know, hundreds of Bigfoot research groups across the United States. And, and we, we want to collect the data from them too, to, to put it all together into our study to help us with um, being able to talk about the, family structure and and things yeah. like that because i'm sure they have it i'm sh yeah. um i'm just from the reports alone already we've uh been able to lay out almost migration patterns of these creatures in different areas like where they go and when they're going to be there 
mm-hmm. kind of things. We've already done that, so we know that they're migratory. So uh, why is why do you think Bigfoot, or do you think Bigfoot is just native to North America? Because you had mentioned oh, previously no. that you found bones in China and stuff, right? And they migrated from there at the same time as human beings. So right. they should have migrated towards India and towards you know Russia and all these other places as well. So why do you think we haven't found fossils? Or I don't know if we have, but why haven't there been sightings in these parts of the world as well? Um, they do get reports all over the world, actually. Um, mm-hmm. One of the one of the places we get a lot of reports from is actually from Australia, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, at one time all these continents were together, but yeah. uh, of course, you know, they've got the Yeti in Nepal, and there's the urine in Russia. There's, you know, different names for these creatures. And I, they could be possibly, you know, different types of Bigfoot. You know, like there's different types of humans. You know, you've yeah. got different races. There's different races yeah. of Bigfoot, too. So uh, I think, you know, we do get reports from China, Russia, uh, Vietnam, uh, India, all over. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, just last year, uh, the Indian Army found footprints of, quote unquote, the Yeti, and uh-huh. they, they were mocked for it. But I mean, this this is what they reported that they found footprints. Yeah. So these creatures are worldwide. Absolutely. So, so is your organization worldwide as well, or do you guys just operate just in North America? We're just in North America right now, but uh, hopefully someday, <laughs> you know, um, we'd love to branch out, um, you know, and of course with our with our research, you know, we can do this worldwide, you know, if people just want to, uh, you know, submit their reports to us and we can use that in our study, you know, of course, easily worldwide. Um, but yeah, we, we really would like um like to go to Russia, especially, and uh, maybe Nepal. Mm-hmm. So and, how many and, people do you work with exactly? Is there like a big group? Uh, our group isn't, um, of course, like I said, there's hundreds of these groups all over the United States, and, and we're trying to kind of connect them in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, our, our group, uh, as far as that goes, is we have uh, – like four other researchers, uh, most of them are in Oregon right now because that's kind of where the hot spot is, Oregon, Washington, Idaho area. Um, we've got four of our researchers that we can call on there. Um, but my wife and I particularly, we live full time in an RV and we can travel, you know, nationwide at a spur of a moment. So because we're working online, so we can be about anywhere, anytime. So and it doesn't take us long to, you know, drive around the United States. We've we've put on sixteen thousand miles this year alone already. Uh, we've went from Oregon to Maine, and we're in Texas actually right now. Um, so we, uh, her and I, travel, but we do have uh, people in in different states and different areas that are affiliated with us that can go question people and go talk to people about their reports. And, uh, you know, yeah, and yeah. go into the woods and check yeah. them out. So you mentioned you'd been working, you know, you've, you've been working towards this for 25 years now. Mm-hmm. Oh, d- during this, this entire time, especially maybe recently, 
have you ever questioned yourself? Have you ever been like, okay, maybe this is not true and I should probably, you know, just stop right now and, and move on? Have you yeah. said ever crossed your mind? Maybe I should go get a job. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have actually um, questioned myself on several occasions. Um, but uh, I think every time I do, I, I go back and I look at the evidence and like, nope, there's too much scientific fact here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I get a lot of people, you know, you see a lot of these memes and stuff. I'd say I believe in Bigfoot. And for me, at, I think in, for a while when I was younger, there was a little curiosity and like, oh, maybe it could be out there. But after studying all the evidence and after, you know, getting my degree in anthropology and and being and looking at it more scientifically than, than just uh, a casual interest, you know, and being able to look at the evidence and it, it's it's took me to the spot where I'm like, this thing does exist. And of course, after seeing one, that really cemented, I meant, there was, there was times that I was like, ah, oh, this is just ludicrous because somebody would have seen it, you know, or I would have seen it by now. But then realizing, you know, doing the math that there's, you know, 10 of these things in 27,000 square miles, what are the odds? You know, I have better odds winning the lottery than seeing this thing, you know, being in the same place that this thing is, you know. So I, uh, uh, after, you know, doing the math, I'm like, no, there, there's there's things out here. People do see it all the time. I mean, not, you know, yeah, 120 yeah. reports a but, month but can't be wrong. Because when you believe something, you're, you're going to go after it, right? No matter what people say. Because when you yourself in, in, you know, inside think that, you know what, I'm right, I know I'm right. So you're obviously going to feel that tick at the back of your mind going, you know, no, this is real. I need, I need to go after this, no matter what people say. So I, I, I'm assuming that's what you feel as well. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You know, I, I know this exists, um, especially, you know, after two years. I mean, two years ago when I saw one, I'm like, okay. I mean, I, I knew it exists scientifically through, you know, evidence, but now I know it does. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stop at this point. But like I said, just a, a couple of years ago, we decided, you know, we need to take this to the next step. I mean, trying to prove that this thing exists um, is one thing, but trying to figure out the culture is another thing. And that's that's the next step for me. Um, you know, I don't have to prove it to anyone else now. I'm trying, yeah. you know, um, I know it exists. So... I need to take the next step. How do they exist? Why, you know, what did, how do they live? Uh, what's their family structures like? Um, let's, let's take it to the next logical step of research at this point, you know, cause new species are found all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to let somebody else, you know, there's, walk so, out much of the of, there's so much of like, first, obviously the ocean, and second of, like, you know, just spe- land species that we haven't discovered. So, you know, who's to say that, you know, Bigfoot couldn't be discovered sooner than later? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you look at, there's there's cases all the time. And particularly one that I I go to is there's this uh, 
chimpanzee called the billy ape. It was discovered five years ago in the Congo. Of course, Congo is a big place, you know, uh, but um, the natives had been talking about it forever. And uh, the scientists said, no, that can't possibly exist, you know, but mm-hmm. until they got one, a photograph on a trail camera, and then they actually dumped a ton of money and a ton of people in the woods to try to find this thing in the Congo. And they discovered that it does exist. There's a, it's a five foot tall chimpanzee, a new species of chimpanzee called the Billy Ape. And it was only discovered five years ago. So why do you think people ignore the pictures of Bigfoot that we've seen? You know, it's, it's an eight foot tall man looking ape why would people choose to willingly go like oh no no obviously this is photoshop but then you know look at a picture of a chimpanzee and be like oh yeah we should probably dump a money dump a ton of money into this and go after this instead (laughs) yeah i don't um i have no idea um Mm -hmm. it it's amazing to me why why they don't i mean like for instance we talked about earlier about the patterson film that one that was taken in 1967 um, yeah. that's probably been the most studied film of a Bigfoot in history. There's been books written about it. Um, there was a, a gentleman who wrote a book. His name's Bill Munns. And he said, and the, his book's called when Roger met Patty and he was a Hollywood film, special effects creature making guy. That's what his that was his expertise. And he looked at this film and actually went to Mrs. Patterson, who still had the original film. And he took the original film and uh, took a digital photo of every frame and was able to, you know, enhance this and, and put it together. And he watched the film, you know, got the measurements of everything, you know, in the in the area. They figured out how, you know, how tall this tree was, how far that rock was, and they were able to break that film down frame by frame. And he came to the conclusion: there's no possible way that that could have been a human in a suit, because that's what he did for a living was put humans in suits for films. And he said, there's no possible way even with an eight foot tall human that it would fit in that suit because the measurements aren't human and you can't make a person's forearms. I mean, you can't make a, the distance from, you know, your shoulders between your shoulders longer and still have your arms fit in the suit, you know, sort of thing. Um, so I think it's just a matter of like, almost fear i think do you think it's like stigma like you know yeah it's a stigma like if this thing exists then we've been wrong about everything Everything. you know so (laughs) so this can't possibly you know exist because then i would be wrong about you know the bible or history or genetics i'd be wrong about everything you know (laughs) so so I can't possibly be wrong. So this can't possibly exist. Kind yeah. of thing. There's, I think there's just too many people with too much to lose if, if yes. this is true. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, governmental, you know, religious, the church and all of that. Right. So, yeah, if, if they do find it and we do discover that they are a primate, a, yeah. a hominid, 
like us, a hominid type primate. I mean, do they have voting rights? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's just way too much to think about. Yeah. 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 So what 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 would you what would your ideal scenario be in the event that we do in fact discover like a cluster of of Bigfoot and and we try to initiate them into our society? What what would your ideal scenario be? What what would we do then? Would we just let them live in the wild, do their thing, or you know as usual capture them, put them in zoos, all that stuff? Oh, I hope they don't put them in zoos. Um, I think there'll be this initial shock. Uh, <laughs> across the world and and I think they'll have to you know protect their habitat basically um, mm -hmm. and um, so I think there'll be this initial shock and I think they'll have to shut down the forests for a while but I think that they'll once they uh, actually once you know universities start putting money into this and the government funds studies and all that sort of thing um where they can get some some more you know actual anthropologists like me in the woods looking for them i mean right now most of the researchers are just you know just regular folks out here doing this and they've done a great job so far um, but I think once you get the scientific community engaged in this, uh, we'll find out a lot more. And and they have the funding to be able to, you know, uh, do the proper research, you know, with, you know, the proper equipment in the woods. Yeah. yeah. So um, how, how do you deal with, you know, friends and family who probably don't agree with you what what is your what is your reaction to that <laughs> um yeah i get the people who roll their eyes a lot at me <laughs> you know <laughs> but uh the the way i look at it is like okay i understand that you don't know what i know and yeah. uh so you do you and I'll do me and we'll be fine. <laughs> you know, um, I don't have to convince you that these things exist. It's, it's, it's not my job, you know, yeah. but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I get, I get the occasional person that, you know, rolls their eyes at me and, and, and thinks I'm a, a bit of a loon, but, <laughs> um, like mm -hmm. I said, I, I let it bother me. I really yeah. don't. Um, no, I think that's great. I think if you know what you're doing and you you know this is what you want to do, there's really no there's no issue of other people believing you or not, right? It really doesn't right. matter. Right. Yeah. It's not my it's not my yeah. job. It's not your convince. concern. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not on you to convince. You have the evidence. You have the facts. You can all you can do is present it to them. What they yep. choose what they choose to do with it is kind of their problem. Yep, that's it. Yeah. And that's what I do. I mean, I I. Um, well, of course, up to this last year, I used to do a lot of conferences and things like that and 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 speak on the subject, you know, and, and show the evidence to a lot of people. And I've had a, a lot of people change their minds, actually, uh, uh, or at least get closer to believing, well, yeah, maybe there possibly is this thing in the woods. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So. All right. So, I mean, thank you so much again for taking time out to – Mm -hmm. To speak with me about this, I, I definitely learned a lot, more more than I knew, you know, an hour ago. 
So, yeah. So, I mean, could you just tell us where we could find you and your work and your social media and all of that stuff so, you know, people know where they can actually go up and read on the stuff? Okay. Um, yeah, we have our findings and stuff. Our honor, we have a blog on our website. Um, it's squatchamerica.com. That's S-Q-A-T-C-H america.com. We have that. We have also Squatch America on YouTube. We do a, uh, a live every Thursday, a live discussion. We have other people from other groups on with us, and we talk about uh, findings and reports and where we're at and what we're doing kind of thing. Um, we also have uh, breakdowns of all our finds on our YouTube channel also. Um, like I said, that's uh, Squatch America on YouTube. And we have a Facebook page, too, if you want to chat with us there. Also, Squash America. All right, great. I mean, uh, I'm sure you, a lot of people are going to go and read up on this stuff now after listening to this. So, I, so. I mean, I know I definitely am. I'll probably go subscribe to all of your stuff because <laughs> I mean, this is actually really interesting. I mean, it actually given me a lot to think about more than I, I wasn't really thinking about this a lot before but I mean now that this is now that you now that you've told me all this I'm definitely going to probably go and read up a lot more all right thank you so much have a have a great day all right thank you bye-bye bye okay so uh, that that was that was that was interesting and you know I completely get what he's trying to say I mean it's interesting to think of why people are so quick to dismiss the idea of Bigfoot or like the idea of the existence of Bigfoot and a government conspiracy isn't that far of a reach anymore is it I mean come on because if Bigfoot is real then the implications of that on us is is huge right because I mean finding another species of quote-unquote human beings is huge I mean now what what do we do with them after we found them do do they have do we give them rights do we like just give them the forest <laughs> is that their home now so i mean all of that would be something that the government would have to take care of and it makes sense why they wouldn't want to go through all of that he also mentioned how it's not weird that we haven't found the bones of bigfoot because that would be pretty it would be clear evidence right that bigfoot exists finding the bones finding remains and he said that you know we've never found the bones of bears either so it makes sense that we haven't found the bones of bigfoot and you know bigfoot is elusive and you know they seem to be smart enough to evade us for you know how it seems like forever so okay look i'm not gonna say i completely believe him now and i completely trust the existence of bigfoot but what i am gonna say is that you know we definitely need to have another conversation about this again i feel like you know bigfoot has been reduced to this myth to this lore to this magical mystical thing that we've just been so quick to dismiss it as like a real possibility because it's you know a part of stories it's part of you know like i said cartoons it's part of animated shows but you know i i think we need to have another open conversation about the existence of bigfoot again because see scott has come with literally mountains of research right so it makes sense to at least have a conversation about that research about that evidence that he's gotten to us and then maybe take another decision again because I think I think that his work deserves at least that much. But I'm not gonna lie, he's he's got big. Uh, he, he's brave. <laughs> let me just let me say he's brave uh, for trying to track down Bigfoot. Because if I'm Bigfoot or like I'm I'm one of them, and I see a human being looking at me, dude, I'm I'm not gonna be the one Bigfoot who 
ruined it for all the other Bigfoot by getting caught like this, dude. I'm 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 gonna straight up eat that guy. I'm gonna eat that human being. So <laughs> so thank you so much, Scott, for putting yourself out there and uh, you know doing this for us and for science. We all appreciate it. And uh, with that, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and uh, feel free to tell me what you thought about it and what you think about Bigfoot and the existence of Bigfoot by messaging me on Instagram at visakan underscore seven or on Twitter at Pillai Visakan. Uh, thank you so much and I'll see you in the next one. This is a Commune Podcast. This is a Commune production. This episode was produced by Abbas Momin and Mayur Hinge was our editor and sound designer.